What's going on, my beautiful people? And welcome to episode six of Give Me a Break. Today, um, today's episode is just not really structured. It's kind of just me rambling about random stuff. I'm gonna call this. I'm gonna call this episode existential coffee talk. Because if we're gonna be honest, it's gonna really feel like I just kind of dropped a little bit too much crack in my coffee at a coffee shop. Not gonna lie. But anyways, how's your guys' day? Really? Really? That's so cool. You know, I'm pretending I can hear you because obviously I can. But yeah, today was kind of today was kind of shit, not going to lie. I actually experienced having a substitute for the first time. And by substitute, I mean cannabis. All I did today in my fifth period was I lied down. I watched the Joe Rogan podcast because <laughs> my teacher had to go to a doctor's appointment and what, am I just going to, like, Zoom some random stranger? No. Anyways, they assigned me work. I was like, ah, I'll just do it later. I'll do it later. And I kind of just wasted that hour 15 lying down and playing and chilling on my phone. It's kind of funny. But, yeah, after that, went to the gym. And the whole time I was at the gym, I was, instead of, like, listening to my normal type of music, I was just, sometimes I'll do this, I'll listen to, like, just podcasts, and, but usually it's, like, something simple, like, the David Dobrik one, or the, um, the Misfits podcast, just really, like, light-hearted com- comedical story types, things, but I was like, okay, I know a couple of my homies do this, but they'll listen to, like, Joe Rogan while they're working out, and just hearing all, like, the crazy and complex, integral intricate thoughts these people are making it it was definitely something while I was trying not to you know drop a barbell on my throat because you know it was titty day had to work on my titties but yeah and the one of the craziest ones I was listening to was like the Elon Musk one bro Elon Musk is a real life either superhero or supervillain and i think the world needs to be a little bit more concerned with what this man is doing so in the podcast right they were talking about elon musk's development of this thing called neural net and it's really just that whole idea of implanting a essentially almost like a chip and then the beginning developments its intentions are to solve your like just the your brain damage so things like eyesight um alzheimer's is it alzheimer's or parkinson's well one of the two i think both of them actually so just things that could be like just parts of your brain that are going out so they inject a little like it's a very very tiny like bit like a little tiny chip it's only like a couple millimeters long and then they just insert it and then the beginning development, it's just to fix your just fix your diseases. But both the possibilities of getting a human chip to, I mean, a chip inside of a human that could facilitate or manipulate your brain's functions. That's crazy. And then he was even talking about like Joe Rogan asked Elon Musk. He was like, so when do you think we'll get to the point where, you know, I can just talk to someone without even saying anything? Like, you know, because eventually communication it really is just like a bunch of gestures and manipulation of pitches and sounds for us to make like you know comprehensible things 
because really all I'm doing is just making noise with my voice in ways that you can understand it. But what if we get to the part where it's just nonverbal communication that we'll understand? If we're all somehow connected to a network, perhaps. What happens when, you know, we're just communicating and we're like sitting and hanging out, but no one's just saying anything? Like, will talking be a vintage commodity that we'll all appreciate? Because Lord knows everyone, especially in this day and age, loves vintage crap. You know how many times I've gone thrifting and I've seen other people go thrifting? Bro, I don't know. That I think that was just crazy how we have the potential to inject technology into our brain that could actually facilitate it. And, oh, even when Joe Rogan asked, so how long do you think it'll take? And Elon Musk was like, oh, very, very long. Don't, like... It's not going to sneak up and surprise you randomly. But then when he said to give a year, he said about five to ten years. That's pretty quick. I didn't think um, like the idea of that being a possibility wouldn't happen in my lifetime. But then I guess when you consider just the whole entire... Like you assume that the rate of change is... Like the rate of improvement is an exponential change. I forgot where I heard this, but you assume our like improvement in humanity those advancements in that little time that rate is very scary where it can get to where technology could have the possibility to do so much complex things where it will be scary i'm not saying scary like we'll we'll definitely be more efficient with everything but what happens when there's oh an example i heard was like the video games part we already have very first video game was Pong. You know, there was those two sliding discs that was blocking a ball that was traveling. Almost like that. Um, it's almost like air hockey. Just really slower and it was just pixels. And then, you know, not too long later, we had console gaming. And then a little bit after that, we had VR gaming. And then we have AR gaming. And bro, these VRs are scary realistic. What What's going to happen when one day that's... It gets so complicated and so realistic that we confuse our game for an actual life. Like, what if right now I'm just getting played, but the feelings that I'm feeling in this reality or what is the game just feels like genuine emotions where I don't even know if myself or the controller of myself knows what I'm talking about. And... The, the crap I'm saying right now could go totally over your head. That's this little bit right here. That's pretty much how this whole entire episode is going to be. So this could either prove I don't, I haven't lost that many brain cells or I am the smallest brain person in the world who is just wrapped up and tangled in his own thoughts. Who knows? But yeah, just this whole idea of, and then he was talking about testing and Imagine being the very first humans to, like, want to or be a part of the progression of something like neural net. That's insane. And then, oh, another thing I want to talk about. Like, I have, like, topics I wrote down. But another thing I was thinking of is the Stanford prison experiment. I don't know if you guys know this. So I, this thing kind of talks about the ethics of the testing on those people which is kind of what I'm feeling from the neural net testing because what what's the ethics and the morals of stabbing a little needle into someone's head and then being able to do 
like being able to manipulate their functions. We already have things like, you know, heart rate monitors, those things for pupils. Like if their heart skips a beat, then it'll like zap it back into pace. I don't know. I could be mistaken, but you know, something like that. Like that's already, we're already getting manipulated by technology in that sense. But then when you kind of advance it to like brain functions and like just our whole consciousness in general will you, that you'll be changing, is that like morally right? Is that ethically right to let a second like entity control what you're thinking? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. But going back to this thing of like the Stanford prison experiment. I first heard this in my IB psychology class last year, so I'm kind of iffy on the details, but I've heard this so many times where it just, because it's so crazy, I'll kind of remember a good amount of it, and that's why I want to share with you guys. This Stanford prison experiment, so its main objective, it was to observe how humans would conform or like, you know, just give in to what an authority figure was telling them. So say someone, you just, it's like a neutral authority figure to how much are you going to follow what they say. And so basically what this was, it was, um, it was about like, I believe 10 people getting experimented on in a Stanford room. And basically four of the people I think, no, five of the people got the role of a prisoner. And then another five group of the people became the police officers. Or, I mean, not police officers, more like, you know, prison guards. And every single day, they were just trying to observe. They were like, they're almost like do it in a role play sense. But it was a, the people who were facilitating the experiment they would give the officers instructions on like what to do. They'd be like, oh, make this guy do this, this, and that. Give him stricter orders. And then if they don't follow your orders, because they weren't taking it seriously at first. But then when they're like, they don't do your orders, make them do, like throw them in their solitary confinement. Or which in this case, it was just like a broom closet, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, so they have crazy shit and where the facilitators were giving the officers orders to do on the to the prisoners but then it eventually got so bad to a point where because they were already starting to like take their crap a little bit more seriously like you could see it in their tone of these experiment of these um participants in the experiment you could see they were getting more serious with their job but they know it's fake like these kids they just signed up I believe they were college students. These kids, they just signed up to get paid a little bit of money and participate in the experiment. Because I believe there's like a $100 incentive to do it. An incentive, not incentive, incentive to participate in the experiment. So yeah, as you could see, these police officers getting more and more into their job, the more and more they're abusing these officers. And it was the craziest shit. Because they were, like, publicly, not really publicly, but, you know, humiliating these prisoners in front of everyone. The facilitators were looking at it, and, uh, like, you know, the officers were calling the prisoners in derogatory terms, physically abusing them, um, abusing their power. 
And it got to, to like such a bad point where the officers were asserting, asserting their authority over the prisoners. But the prisoners, they they just take it. They knew they were able to leave the experiment at any time. But they just chose to leave because the officers told them to. They didn't leave because their authority figure, who was fake, but made them convince themselves over time with the abuse of power the officers had, to where they just conformed. They were, I think, I actually think one of the officers left because of how fucking crazy the other officers were treating. And then he was like, oh, this is some weird crap. I need to get the hell out of here. Because... Bro, these officers were going bananas. And then the prisoners would just follow their orders after saying, you have to like strip naked and then go, I don't know, go to your cell or some crap like that. Crazy mind-boggling shit. And that just it makes you think, how, why do we allow these authority figures to hold so much power over us? Like, yes, teachers, they're in charge of your grades. And they're in charge of, they're just well-respected because they are, they do have a function, which is obviously to like, like they have a higher purpose, which is to teach you and, you know, give you information. But then we have to take into consideration, why is this person allowed to like, you know, control my whole entire grades, which will then dictate where I'm going to go for the rest of my life? Because, you know, if you don't get good grades, there's obviously going to be harder to get into colleges and things like that. Like, yes, they may be educated, but what about their background, their whole, like, you know, biases? They're, they like this kid over another, or they, they have low-key, maybe racist values, for an example. I personally don't know anyone, but it's definitely, like, it's definitely an example that has been prevalent before. Why do they, how come they're the ones, like maybe for a police officer, for example, we give these authority figures so much power to where we are actually seeing the abuse of power these officers are having. You know what I'm saying? Like that's been such a prevalent topic about how police officers are abusing their power and their brutalizing you know minority communities especially the black community and then on top of that police brutality where they'll go to the extent of even killing people wrongfully and they know that it's wrongful too it's fucking mind-boggling and then when people i don't know that was something else and but there is also this other psychology experiment where these so a scientist had um, a curtain, oh, like a whole curtain room with a person inside off of it. And the scientist said to the experimenter, I mean, I'm like the test subject, if you press this button, it's going to give the guy in that room a little shock. And then the, they were the guy inside of like the room where they couldn't physically see, all they see is like the shadow of the person. Like, the guy, he would just act like he was getting shocked more and more progressively. But the more the scientist eventually says, okay, let, let's really, let, let's turn this up. Because 
the only thing that the person who's controlling um, the electrical shock to the person in the actor in the room all there was like all they thought was oh they're observing the effects of like electrical shock on the people so they thought they were serving for a higher purpose in order for the acquisition of education i mean information oopsies and the scientists would eventually be like okay go higher like increase the voltage when they but they know they're causing this guy like unnecessarily amounts of pain this guy is pretending that he's in so much pain where he's screaming he's flailing he's just moving around because i believe he was like i don't know if he was tied down i think yeah something like that but these uh these test subjects they just kept progressively they just kept following the scientists like majority of the data showed that most of the participants willingly shocked them to overly fatal levels like overly fatal levels which i can't remember if they told the participants that i don't know but that was crazy how us humans were just so willingly to conform to this authority figure i don't know it is crazy like that that little guy was just willing to be i'm like oh you're just gonna I mean, you're a scientist. You know what you're doing. All right, here you go. Boop. Almost killing a motherfucker. Crazy. Uh, Okay. Oh, another, like... Honestly, this whole thing is just an existential crisis, bro. But another thing I wanted to, uh, like, you know, talk about was the creation of the world. And this really, like, I know it's so random, but this originates from my world religions class that I'm taking this year. And the world religion class, it's not like they're trying to convert you to other religious religions or anything. But they're just trying to educate you on all the different perspectives. And I thought this would maybe, um, maybe give me some insight and a little bit more acceptance into the perspectives other religions have. Because honestly, before this class, I was just kind of like, oh, religion is this very iffy thing. I don't really, I'm not really educated or willing to be, willing to understand their points of views and how they could believe something where I thought was so preposterous. And I'm not going to lie. Now that I have the class, it kind of made it more worse. Okay, like, hear me out, hear me out. By the way, this is just like, you know, my opinions. It's obviously you could let it matter or let it not. If you want to have, you know, a well, calm, educated discussion over these types of things, I'd totally be down. Like, just hit up my Instagram. I'd totally be down to talk to you about this. But so one day in class, we had to research all the types of origin stories that different religions had. So I watched, I, I mean, I read about the Buddhist one where it was, um, no, 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 the Confucius one. So like the one in China, they thought like the world revolved, came from an, a very big egg, which a huge giant came out of. And then every single part of the giant was bits and pieces of the world. Like his arm was the land and his hair was the grassy fields or some crap like that like you know just the giant was the encompass of the earth and i was like people people believe this shit like people 
will really craft a religion around this and willingly believe that this happened? Interesting. <laughs> and then, you know, there's the whole idea behind the, like, Christian origin story, uh, like, you know, the Holy Father and the Spirit and, like, that type of thing. But what really had me interested in was the scientific explanation of the origin of the world which really I didn't have I wasn't I wasn't well knowledge or well versed in any like I didn't know enough in school to where I could actually understand how things worked in the scientific explanation but now that I know it kind of goes something like this so one day it's obviously the idea of the big bang right so one day the universe just all the energy it had just exploded and created everything. Well, it created a void. I mean, not a void. It created a space. And in that space, there were these... The world was filled with hydrogen. So hydrogen is a one proton element. But then there's a whole lot of... Um, I think there was a lot of electrons and hydrogen, electrons and protons scattering around. And then eventually the electron, one electron and one proton came together and then it made helium. And we know that this is a possibility because that's literally how we create new, not necessarily create new elements, but how the difference between elements, it's the difference in proton amount. But, and then eventually the hydrogen atom would combine with more protons and more electrons and then you have things like um like oxygen i think it's like the eighth element so it has like eight protons in it and then you know just so many things get combined until eventually you get stars and then those stars will combust and then those energies from the stars exploding give um give the existing protons and like the already complex atoms to grow into more complex materials which is what will be like the basis for a lot of things and one of the biggest stars is the sun the sun is then i believe one really big star exploded and that created like the mass of our planets right and then the origin of life started in the water because all these protons became together and then it could eventually evolve into single-celled organisms because you know everything combining and then those single-celled organisms through like you know darwin's theory of evolution where something happens and it has to in order to like you know there's single-celled organisms were on the ground but then there there was more food on the land so only the single-celled organisms who could eventually turn into animals who could eventually turn into animals that could get the food on land would survive and then eventually as the single-celled organisms become more and more complex to actual mammals these mammals would then evolve and then you know there's a whole thing with natural selection then these animals eventually evolve into humans which will eventually and then that's how we got created. So we all started from the water, just from a transformation of single-celled organisms, from the origin of a star exploding, which came from hydrogens combining and all that. Okay, that's like 
or really rough and I'm pretty sure I definitely messed up part of that explanation because I probably should have looked at my notes in the class before this but I got too lazy to but that's a very rough overview if you want just look up scientific explanation on google of the origin stories and yeah but this interested me because it was a very very logical and reasonably backed up like backed up answer on why the earth was created and how everything was just created in general it had scientific properties which you know how we test those properties even in school so we know that these things that we like if this and this happen then you're gonna get this result like we've physically seen ourselves proven those scientific properties and so it's definitely a more plausible explanation than something like um let me see i was kind of scared to talk about another origin but saying that a man named god was able to just you know make everything with the snap of his hands obviously i'm exaggerating but that someone was able to have that much power when there's not really any solid evidence of this the only solid evidence in my eyes at least is the scientific properties that could explain how something like a human could originate randomly you know but then people still choose to believe that it's these really other like let's just say someone talked to you about the origin or just about religious stories with no context like someone randomly was just telling you without the knowledge of like christianity told you the story about moses he's gonna be like hey bro did you hear about this guy he was going through a lot of shit but then some other guy from the sky told him that you got to do this this and that to be a good person and then next thing you know because the this guy named jesus was like yeah you gotta be one of my apostles something like that sorry i'm really not well versed with the bible but and then he and then he magically gained the powers with the strength of jesus and god to just separate the water and bring animals into a boat something like that but bro if you told this story even in like a well-educated way just sound fucking crazy like if if someone told me that a person was able to just separate water i'll be like where's the other dude where's the firebender where's the earthbender avatar should have been a real fucking thing if someone like moses existed but we could have been having real life avatar if you know catholic values had more solid proofed evidence i don't know all i'm saying is someone told me the story of moses i mean like are you fucking high like, wh- who's your dealer? Who's your dealer? Where are you getting this from, man? Where are you getting some loud-ass dank from if you're thinking that a person has the capability to separate the water and just create, I mean, like, tsunamis, get away, move that way. I don't need you here right now. I don't know. It's freaking mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. I kind of have this perspective on the religion as... People really, really believe in it and attribute its values because it's almost like a comforted scapegoat. There's the idea of the afterlife where 
obviously, once you get, once you acknowledge your mortality and how you are going to die one day, it, it's something scary. Like, that, that's some scary shit. You're going to go and everything that the existence of you is just going to be gone. So I believe that in response to this, humans crafted a religion based off some not solid evidence and was like, oh, no, we'll we'll be fine. And, you know, just to really ease your needs. I believe religion was meant as a scapegoat to things that we cannot answer or that we're scared to have no answers to because i mean if someone was like yeah you're gonna die and nothing happens you you want to answer me and like no no there's something you know that see that guy who just had a miracle happen to him yeah no that was jesus and jesus he's gonna if he was to die he's gonna make you go to heaven because of that miracle jesus existed existed which is it's very it's very lackluster very lackluster I don't know, man. This whole scapegoat idea. Because even in, like, you know, politics. There's so many politicians who say, like, God, it would be God's values to make abortion illegal, for example. When in actuality, it's just, okay, you're using some theoretical ideology not not ideology. If I said ideology, my ideal religion teacher would kill me. But, you know, just a set of ideas and stories as your backup and justification for something that's very controversial. Even things like we say, like, oh, may God bless America and God bless these 50 states. That is almost like a comfort because you're using religion, which is a well comforted and scapegoated thing you're using that to comfort the people that you're in charge of so just the idea that and even religion it's caused so many conflicts like you know the whole crusades where tons of people got murdered because i believe it was like christianity versus catholicism and people not agreeing I, i could be wrong i actually haven't studied the crusades yet i think but yeah, this whole scapegoat thing when really I'm kind of just like, you know what, man, it is what it is. I'm aware of my mortality. There's nothing I can do about it. So I'm not just going to worry about it because you know why? If I'm dead, I'm dead. I can't worry. I physically can't worry if I am dead. Our consciousness is just the triggers of neutrons. and I mean, not, not neutrons the trigger is it neutrons neurons neurons it is like the flashes of neurons being able to construct a thought like being able to have your brain function that little voice in your head i i don't know that little voice in my head's kind of scary man I, I don't know where he comes from but but you guys know what i'm talking about i don't know i could just be talking on my ass but I believe religion's a very iffy thing. And I mean, that kind of explains the connection in with how I personally believe my generation is very, gives less of a crap in general. Like, I feel like the idea that they give less of a crap because they're willing to, you know, construct protests when they seek injustices that have been prevalent for a long time that older generations didn't do, or... 
that they're willing to, I don't know, beat the crap out of like a, out of like someone they don't agree with. And then they're willing to cancel them to such an extent. That idea of just them not really giving a crap about like the actual things they need to do. That's why, oh crap, I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, is why them not giving a crap is just reflective on their, on my generation not being that religious. Because all these adults, they're so, they're very well versed with like, you know, sacred texts such as the Bible, the Quran, the Old Testament, things like that. But my, I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to pull up on a kid with a Bible in his pocket, more likely because he probably just had the app, but not just sitting out here whipping out the Bible in class. That just seems like such a unlikely thing because we're recognizing that we just don't really give a shit. Because in the end, what are we going to do? It's the end. Era the end. Who knows? Who knows anymore? What's the point of even knowing? I, I don't know. I don't know, man. There's a lot of existential topics that we can talk about and debate over for ages, and we'll never really know the answer one day. Or, you know, it's very likely we'll never know the answer one day, which brings up the question on why do we give a fuck about these existential topics? Something interesting to discuss upon, but if we know that there's likely no point in us actually knowing the real truth, What's the point? Why why do I care? I don't know. Maybe it's because it's such complex ideas and I'm trying to display my intellectual flex. But really, these are just interesting topics to me. But why? Why are these interesting? hmm. It's kind of another... Another thing with this whole string of ideas is the idea between free will and this thing called determinism. This came up in my 10th grade honors English class. We watched this movie. It had um, Tom, 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 Tom fucking something. Not Tom Brady, Tom Hanks. No, is that Tom Hanks? The guy, the Scientology guy killing my name but yeah tom i think it's tom hanks but yeah he played in this movie where the police essentially they were a group of like basically fortune tellers they had the ability to know um to know when a crime was about to be committed so right before the crime was going to be committed then they would come in arrest the guy because they know who when where and just how to get them like obviously if you just think of the idea of how he's about to actually do the crime and then you arrest him is that right like obviously it it sounds about it but then you have to question how is this information obtained in the first place that this information of he was determined in that he was going to kill this person, for example. This criminal was going to kill this person. So we have to arrest him right now. 
but that's based off of the factors that you have at hand. Like, let's just say the machine that's determining which criminals are about to commit a crime, let's let's assume that they're true based off the information it has. Because, say, I mean, it's kind of hard when really there's no, like, concrete explanation on the machine or how this would ever be even possible. But the idea of, okay, this person's definitely going to commit a crime. It's based off the environmental factors and the background of said person. But what's to say that something doesn't, you know, change it, right? Like something sporadic and random can happen to this person and then they don't end up killing this woman. But what if they like, they were determined to do that? Like say if something out of the blue was able to correct this person's train of thought. But then what about this determinism ideology where we're just like, no, based off these factors, he is going to do this, this, and that. So essentially saying that determinism, it's how all of your actions, even your thoughts, they're based off outside influences and the background of you. But free will, like you're saying, oh, I'm doing this because I'm telling myself this and it's under my own fruition. But is it really? Personally, I don't believe in free will. I believe that my actions are the results of outside influences. The reason there's LED lights right now wrapped around my bed is because I was influenced to go on TikTok. And I saw a lot of TikToks on it that I like. And I was influenced to get on TikTok because of all my friends getting it. And the result of all my friends is from the idea of me as a human not wanting to be alone. And it's just a very long string of events that I could bring up off of really anything in my room right now or just really anything at all. Me wanting to go to Chipotle or me wanting to go to Chipotle instead of McDonald's because I've had outside influences saying, oh, this is more healthier or the knowledge the scientific knowledge is that oh this is like you know the macronutrients are more healthier than what you could get at mcdonald's but then what made me stumble upon that scientific information it was another predetermined event that already happened and that event caused me to look up scientific information about macronutrients which eventually led to me my decision in choosing chipotle over mcdonald's Or you go with free will and say, oh, I chose this pace because it's healthier. So I'm going to just go there. But why does that matter, though? See, the free will argument, it fails to, like, acknowledge on why does it matter if something is more healthier? Like, where does that need and where does that drive to pick for something with a specific condition? What's that drive and need? I don't really know how you could explain that drive or need came from some other event before that. And then the drive and need for that other drive had to come from something else. Like, it's just really hard to not see everything as a very long string and chain of events that have eventually influenced us to do the actions and the behaviors that we think of. Like, in a bit, I'm going to have to do some homework in a second. 
because some teacher decided to assign me a piece of paper that says it's going to further my education. I guess not really a piece of paper because we're in school, but like, you know, do some assignments because it will make me smarter in a sense. But why? Like, was it's just the whole idea of all of our events are eventually, and the outside influences are going to determine on what's going to happen. Which makes you even think, what's the point of anything if it's just going to happen the way it is? When really, whole life just seems to be a very long string of saying it is what it is. I don't know. Does this does this podcast even make any sense? I really hope this does make sense. Oh my god, I've been talking for 40 minutes already. That's crazy. <laughs> but, yeah. And uh, free will versus determinism really really makes my mind click i want like the comfortability of people picking the comfortability that free will has is why i believe people choose it like people don't want to think that their whole life is already predestined for them but i mean i can't see how it isn't just a whole bunch of outside influences we know that things can influence us and it goes back to how the scientific explanation makes more sense to me than the religious one because there is scientific knowledge behind it that says when this and this happen, it this will happen. Just true facts. And then, but who knows, man? Who knows? I don't know. And I'll never know. And that's upsetting. It very is truly upsetting. I'll never know the answer to these existential questions. I really hope none of you guys are listening to this to actually listen to it. This better be some background noise right now. This better be some background noise right now. And you you should be like doing your homework, having this and on in the background. So I, I don't know. Maybe this, this will help you focus more because you're just trying to tune out this weird shit. Or maybe I'm distracting you. Who knows? But I'm kind of debating right now if I want to talk. Ah, like it. I'm gonna talk about one last thing with you guys. It's this is kind of just like not really lighthearted, but it's just not as crazy. It's really it is it's just the dark web, the dark and the deep web. That whole entire that thing's a new planet, bro. The amount of crap and information it has, it should be a new planet. It's a whole new world out there. And it's a whole new world of the most craziest and fucked up and scariest shit you could ever see in your lives. Bro, it, it's so scary on in there. You have to use a whole ass new browser called a Tor browser in order to make sure you don't get tracked and shot. Bro, these motherfuckers on the dark web are more violent and fucking gangster than even real fucking hood people. No hood person's gonna hack your IP address and then come find you. No, they're trying to find you and shoot you. But some motherfucker can really just send a hitman out here to go chop your head off. And the even more craziest shit is authorities can't take it down. And I'm just thinking, how the hell can't you take it down? There's, there has to be some really, really deep fucking connections in, like, you know, the official maintenance of, say, the internet for them to not have to do this. 
for not them being able to just take it all down. Or maybe it's just simply too complicated and there's so many backups and it's always just eventually going to come back in a different way. But they're just hiding. Just the fact that I could probably buy a kilo of cocaine right now off of another fake credit card or like another stolen credit card that I just bought off the website like 30 seconds ago. And it's just going to get delivered and the world goes on. But then there's other times where sick, sick fucks are watching live streams of guys abusing children physically, mentally, just torturing them and even dismembering them. And I'm pretty sure there's definitely like cannibalism on there, too. I mean, I've seen like beheading videos, but those are just on like the kind of sketchier, edgier websites like LifeLeak. Not even LifeLeak right now actually isn't that bad anymore. I I think they took off all their bad shit, but yeah. And then there's just you could hire, you could hire prostitutes on there. You could hire hitman out there. You could fucking buy heroin needles off of there. You can buy a person on there. Some motherfucker on TikTok. This is probably the validity and the truth behind this information is questionable. But they're saying that humans were going for like a million dollars-ish. And when you think about it, a million dollars for a person is not that much. But they are probably like kidnapped and drugged and all that other extra shit crazy and then the authorities cannot stop this for shit oh my god outstanding not like a good outstanding but outlandish bro crazy (sighs) i'm trying to think i'm just like i think this is enough it's a little bit too much for you guys this is a lot of just weird shit i've been talking about do i know if it makes sense no Am I still going to publish this? Yeah. <laughs> Just going to one take all of these. Actually, the only thing I don't one take in these podcasts at the beginning. I have like 50 10 second clips because I started the podcast in such an awkward way. I don't know. But yeah. The world is just filled with so much intricate and complex questions that we can't even comprehend nor will we ever find the answers to when we can actually comprehend the questions. Like, ask five-year-old me, hey, um, did you know that, like, protons combine and then boom, and then the universe is created? I'd, I'd sit at you and look, I'd be like, what? I'm literally just trying to play Pokemon on my DS right now. What the hell? Okay, go away. <sighs> and then even existential thoughts. How are we able to even process those types of things? Why are we meant to process things? Don't even get me started on the purpose of life. Okay, hold on. I kind of want to get onto this right now. When people say the purpose of life is to die because it is the only concrete thing, that's such a that's such a lame and basic boomer bitch answer. If the if the purpose of life was to die, why don't I get to the shortcut and you know kind of just yeet myself? Bro, it can't be it. It can't be it. I'm not saying I have the answers, but just the thought that the purpose of life is to die is just stupid. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. Now, 
do I know the purpose of life? No, no one in the world does. It's all just based off of a combined influences, combined thoughts on being like, oh, my purpose in life was to be a teacher and to educate people. And I believe that the purpose of life for everything is to educate people all over the world. Some like very person, some person like that's obsessed with being a good teacher. But that's no. That, that's not applicable to everyone. The purpose in life is to be humble and find enlightenment. Okay, well, what about the people who are perfectly happy with just having their normal family, just a very, like, you know, living in a basic suburb, Karen, soccer mom as home? They are not, they didn't reach enlightenment. They're perfectly happy with what they have right now. Uh, little little mini segment about that but i think i'll leave you guys with that soccer moms in a suburb but anyway guys thanks for listening thanks for the support as always on these honestly if i ever pass 10 plays on a podcast i'm already so happy and yeah this was episode i believe six of give me a break with my not really coffee talk talk but yeah See you guys. I love you. Bye-bye.